This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk Radio Season 6, Episode 41. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 41 of TL Talk Radio. I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. And I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. Today, we're speaking with Amir Nathu, co-founder of OutSchool. Amir is CEO and leads growth and product at OutSchool, and he's previously worked at Square, founding the Square Payroll product. And before that, he was CEO and co-founder of Trigger.io, having started his career at IBM. Amir holds a Master of English from Cambridge. OutSchool offers unique online classes via group video, chat from hundreds of independent teachers that include certified teachers, artists, scientists, and other adults with an expertise or interest to share. Welcome to the podcast, Amir. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. So great, great way to end our season six here. We're going to talk about OutSchool and how you got started. Um, so let's kick off our conversation with a story about how OutSchool got started and what problem you are working to solve. Yeah, excited to talk about this. Um, OutSchool aims to give families access to uh, supplemental education covering subjects that um, aren't covered in school um, and you know couldn't be available in, in the local area. So we offer a marketplace of live online classes for kids. So the classes take place over video chats um, with kids joining from all over the country. Typically there's um, three to 10 uh, kids and a teacher. And you know, we tell the teachers to teach the classes they've always wanted to teach. So they come up with incredible uh, curricula that, that wouldn't be available in school, things like Lego engineering, learn architecture through Minecraft, learn Spanish by singing Taylor Swift songs in Spanish, 10 different types of cat classes, actually probably more than 10, everything from <laughs> learn cat anatomy, taught by a vet, through to uh, social classes like um, pets, uh, our sh uh, show and tell where kids will you know, hold their cats up to the camera and learn to present and, and tell stories about them. And so, you know, just the range of learning and the ability to link kids' interests to that learning um, is what inspires um, parents and, and kids to come to come to out school and uh, supplement their education with our program. So I'm curious as we're uh, we're wrapping up the school year, and certainly this has been a very odd school year around the whole pandemic and schools closing. Have you seen um, a peak of interest in in out school? Yeah, I mean, a peak of interest to say the least. Uh, we were growing um, as a community pretty rapidly before the pandemic with many families um, using out school on weekends or after school or on holidays. And um, you know, when school closures hit, we just saw this immense rise in usage as suddenly 
you know, families were struggling to fill the school day with fun activities that kept their kids engaged with, with learning and that were also, you know, engaging enough to occupy the kids so parents can work or, or take care of other things. So, um, you know, we've seen uh, more than uh, 10x growth uh, since January and wow. before the pandemic, we'd had 80,000 kids take out school classes. We've now had more than 270,000. Um, and that 80,000 know, was since we launched in 2017. So we've, you know, added um, a couple of hundred thousand students to our community in, in a very short space of time. Um, and, you know, it's been a privilege to be able to help so many families at this time. Um, and, uh, you yeah, we're, we're really proud of that work, but obviously, um, it's a terrible and difficult situation um, right now. And, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'd prefer that family discovered us under better circumstances, but we're, we're very happy that they did. Yeah, so what I find really interesting is it's it's a product that really can tap into the curiosity of the learners. And that's one of the things like we're really focused around here, this idea of learner-centered education and really starting with the learner. And what are the things that um, really sort of push my buttons and get me excited and get me curious? And and it sounds like a, a playground um, where I might go and just be able to find all sorts of things that uh, either pique my curiosity that I don't already know about, or maybe some things that you know I've learned a little bit about sort of on the wild internet. And now I can come and get a little bit more formal instruction connect with experts, connect with other like-minded, passionate, curious uh, kids. So what have been some of the most popular uh, learning experiences that are that are offered on OutSchool that, that kids have taken advantage of? You know, the thing is about personalized learning is that, you know, everyone gets inspired about a different subject. So while there's some very popular classes, it's really across the board. There's no kind of one subject or one particular area um, that um, that stands out. You know, we have um, so many English classes, social studies classes, math classes, and a lot of topics that cross over. But I'll I'll, I'll call out some of the other topics that I've seen pop up on our on our most popular list. Um, critical thinking through Dungeons and Dragons. Um, you know, that one really surprised us. We would never have expected that to necessarily become so popular you know it's hard to predict which topics going to become popular um but that one you know was through the roof um ipad movie making is very popular you know uh giving kids instruction and also opportunity to show their work to their peers um just you know really takes advantage of the uh zoom video format um so those are some of the popular ones um harry potter chemistry um various minecraft classes you know we have teachers teaching math, teaching English, teaching core subjects through Minecraft, as well as more, you know, play-based uh, classes where the idea is, you know, kids are showing their work and learning communication. Um, we have a Fortnite discussion group where the kids uh, keep asking the teacher for homework because they want to be able to tell their parents, hey, I have to complete this assignment in Fortnite. <laughs> the, teacher is, the teacher is very good and, you know, uh, doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't issue homework like that, um, but you know it, it turns uh, what could be a you know uh, isolating experience or something that parents might worry is isolating a kid kids playing something on on their own into a learning opportunity and into something that that's social. Um, so those are just some of the topics that I've noted and 
um, in our popular list. We have over 30,000 topics on the site now and, and that keeps growing. So there's a very, very wide range. And I think, you know, what you said about this idea of uh, your playground and um, learners being able to uh, find something that's, that's really kind of individual for, for them is what is behind this idea of a broad marketplace where teachers can offer the subjects that they've always wanted to teach. And, you know, going back to why, you know, why did I start this? It, it links to, you know, my own personal experience with learning. I had a very standard education in the UK, um, fantastic selective state school when I studied engineering at Cambridge. Um, but when I reflect on the most impactful learning experiences for me and what I use every day as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a technologist, you know, some of the most impactful learning experiences came from me pursuing my interests and came outside of a normal school context. And, you know, one I, I point to all the time is the fact that my own parents bought me uh, a computer when I was age five. They, I played computer games obsessively. They let me they spotted the fact that I became excited to learn how to program my own computer games. I was trying to teach myself how to do that. And they found me resources. They found me a retired economics professor who was starting to teach computer science outside of normal school. And the lesson I take away from that isn't that everyone should learn how to program, though you know, there is a, a certain literacy that, that is valuable in, in that field today. But instead that um, if you pay attention to and notice kids' interests on even in things that might seem just like play or unimportant, but find ways to support that and um, uh, link that to learning and give them resources, then um, it could turn something extremely valuable and interesting. But you won't know up front whether it's just play or it's going to turn out to be extremely important. And so you have to be open to being a little bit less prescriptive and less kind of selective and instead following your learner. Um, because I think kids are just super observant about the world around them and don't come with the baggage that adults have. And as a result, are more likely to spot the really important skills that they need to learn or the really important trends. And you can harness that curiosity and that energy towards their learning if, if you kind of step back a bit and are less prescriptive about, about what they need to learn and when. Um, so that's a little bit about kind of my motivation for, mm -hmm. for starting out school and supporting this kind of learning. So Amir, I'm making a lot of connections to what you're saying because I have a 17 year old son who has been, you know, addicted to video games and we have struggled as parents, you know, how long do you limit it and how much time and um, over the years he's progressively played more and we've learned more about what he's, what he's done and what he's been capable of doing. And I think for parents who maybe don't understand that there's so much more than just playing the game. I mean, these guys are developing teams and creating spreadsheets and tracking skills and, you know, thinking about the math probability and so many, so many skills in video games. And, and this is so exciting to hear. Um, but during the COVID, he has started his own business as a result of playing video games and um, has applied what he's learned and banked some money. And now he's playing the stock market. And I, I just think like, if we had parents had said, sorry, you get two hours of screen time a day and that's it, because we didn't know, you don't know what it could evolve into. You have to trust that they're curious and they're passionate and they'll find opportunities and create opportunities for themselves. So I'm really connecting with what you're saying um, as a parent and also learning about the out school experience and just thinking that 
it sounds like a really great opportunity for learners to explore their passions and interests and take something that might be isolating and um, make it more socially embedded. And two of the big ideas that we've been thinking about and talking about with with our teachers is this idea of open walled and socially embedded. So how do you create learning experiences in, in the public school system that are open walled, that go beyond your classroom walls and that engage other professionals, experts, peers, um, adult learners, young learners to become more socially embedded. So can you share a little bit about how the out school experiences connect to those two big ideas? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those ideas um, of an open world and socially embedded education really resonate um, with me and, and, you know, how we're trying to design out school. Um, you know, it's almost in, in the name out school, we're trying to create more experiences outside of the normal school context, both in terms of the kind of subjects that are covered and also in terms of the um, student group. And you know, this is where technology can excel, but historically hasn't. You know, in the past, online learning hasn't been um, you know, about connecting people. It's been more about you know, making content available, which is, which is great. You know, there's been this great democratization of content. But I think you know, when we really think about open world education, what we mean is kind of people, <laughs> bringing people in from, from outside your local community or the, or the typical environment that you're learning in. And that's why you know we're so excited by video chat as a format for learning because it keeps the social interaction. You know, you can see the people, their body language, the, the facial expressions. There can be you know interaction. So it's a very different kind of online learning than than just content. But at the same time, it has the benefits of online in that you can access uh, people from all over the all over the world and. What we see in the classes that is just so um, uh, exciting and um, really energizing for us is when we have kids from different countries, different socioeconomic economic backgrounds coming together and having a positive learning experience, maybe in a subject that they wouldn't be able to find their group locally. And um, so, you know, we really feel strongly about this idea of, you know, using technology to open up education you know to connect people uh, from all over the world and around subjects that will be available and, and we want to try and bring that experience into schools so you know historically and, and where we started out with out school was a direct consumer marketplace so it's parents signing their kids up directly but more and more now we are partnering with schools and having schools reach out and are seeing schools start to think about well can we embed um uh, online learning into school and this is aside from the pandemic obviously there's a lot of you know uh, pressure around that right now just in core learning but even before this we were talking to schools about this idea where hey can we give kids more autonomy in some part of their school day and can we open it up so that they, they just a limited set of um, people and subjects that they can in interact with and that's where I think the big opportunity of hybrid learning is when we can embed some of that um, some of those benefits of online learning into um, an in-person envir uh, learning environment so we can you know, make school more open-walled. Um, uh, so, you know, that's a, a little bit about how I think about it. So, so many things we could talk about here. Let's go back <laughs> yeah. to this idea about open-walled. And one of the things that 
you know, we're in a very traditional system here. We're trying to change it. And one of those things regarding Openwald is asking the question of how do we give kids credit for the things that they do that might be after hours or, you know, like uh, a kid that's playing video games or being entrepreneurial and running his own business or a kid that's going to take music lessons or playing in the local band or starting his own band or something like that. How do we acknowledge or recognize that kind of learning within this more traditional school structure? So I'm curious, are there schools that have at least communicated with you their curiosity around, are they actually giving kids credit or acknowledgement of, of that kind of learning that happens in a, in a forum such as OutSchool? You know, some of the schools that we work with um, talk about, you know, using OutSchool classes towards core subjects, in which case there are kind of standard ways to look at what's being done in the class. And, you know, you can map some of the content to, to standards and, um, and as a result, kind of measure progress. I think there's a danger in um, that thinking that it rules out kind of giving credit or allowing time for exploration. And I think that's a, a systemic challenge in the education system. And it's a, a you know, it's a, it's a clash of these ideas that, you know, what standards um, give us is an ability to measure progress. And we want to know that we're having an impact and we're all, we all really, really want to have a positive impact. But then there's this problem in that, you know, if you embrace variety and true personalization, then how on earth can you possibly have a standard measure of impact? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think, and, and I, I think that's why, and this core challenge has been why the education system has moved too far towards um, being focused on measurable outcomes um, over, you know, in, in a very particular timeframes. And I think that's what that's part of why OutSchool has become so popular with families because people know, people can sense that there's something missing, and that um, especially in a globalized and modern world, you know, how are kids going to develop differentiated skills in a global economy if all we're doing is um, worrying about kind of measurability and, and standards? You're going to get, you know, um, standard skills, not differentiated skills. And so I actually think that we should be very wary about the idea of measuring this kind of learning and instead accept that we need to carve out and uh, you know, wall off a certain amount of time where we say, well, this stuff, we're not gonna measure. You know, we, we, or we look at very, very general metrics such as student satisfaction. You know, customer satisfaction, an NPS score is like a fundamental um, metric in consumer products or, or any kind of customer-centric organization. And um, I think we should be using that score in education if we want to treat the kids as the customers and mm-hmm. you know, their satisfaction should be, mm-hmm. should be a key metric. And so mm-hmm. that is the one I come back to. You know, on our, on our homepage, in our, in our mission statement, our mission is to inspire kids to love learning. Well, how on earth are you gonna measure love of learning? <laughs> well, the best I've come up with so far is, you know, let's ask the kids and let's ask for their satisfaction levels. So do you think of OutSchool as a disruptor of the traditional paradigm of learning? Um, disruption is a, a strong word. And, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, what we want to be is, you know, embed this kind of learning in society that's been missing and then, um, 
uh, weave it into the school system. So it's not that uh, we don't want to disrupt education in the sense of thinking that everyone's going to learn in this way and everyone's going to learn entirely online in the future. I don't think that's a future that anyone wants. What I do think we should be aiming for is a hybrid future where there's a mix of in-person learning, online content used for self-study and live online learning. And there's also a mix of core subjects and standards-based education with more open exploration. And the balance is out of whack. And yeah, we see our role as being, being correct in that balance. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned uh, one way to figure out how well students are receiving the content and learning experiences is to ask them. So what kind of feedback have you been getting from learners and or their parents on the out-school experience? We're very fortunate to get some amazing feedback through our community groups and also post-class surveys. So we, we do ask parents to um, you know, give us their, their satisfaction. Um, and we have an NPS score um, around 90, which is, which is very, very high. And so a lot of our growth in uh, the usage of OutSchool has just been driven by referral because people get so excited once they, once they start taking these classes. And you know, it, it does vary you know, per teacher and per subject. Um, but, um, yeah, that's an, that's an incredible average. Aside from the metrics, we often get parents telling us, you know, that they want to take the classes themselves and they, that's what excites them, <laughs> part of what excites them to sign their kids mm -hmm. up. And the I, I think actually that's, yeah, and I, I think that's really important because if you, you know, I, I think it's, if you ask parents for most of their kids' schoolwork, whether they would like to do it themselves, I think a lot of parents would see it more as a chore <laughs> as something that must be done rather than something they would like to do. So it's really nice to see that for our type of learning, it's you know, parents want to do it themselves. Now, unfortunately, you know, parents can't take out school classes. It's for kids. You know, they can supervise their kid taking the out school class and follow along if they like. But, uh, you know, we, we are very focused on, on the kids learning, not uh, other parents at this point. So here in our district, we have a profile of a graduate and one of the dispositions that we have is an entrepreneurial spirit or way of thinking. So how do you use that as an entrepreneur? How do you use that feedback to think of like what's next for OutSchool? What's the next iteration going to look like? How will you sort of keep pace with the needs or help people understand what they might need, but they don't really quite know what they need? You know, I guess there's, there's two parts of that. There's, there's first, yeah, but there's really two parts of OutSchool. You know, there's our website and our service, which enables this kind of learning. But the the real experience that you know learners and parents have is kind of the teacher in class and the curriculum they create. So when I think about what's next, I think about what do we need to do with our website and the technology to enable this kind of learning better. And then um, how can we get more subjects that people are excited about and um, more teachers who are, who are able to offer you know, their passions online. In terms of our website, you know, we have we have so much to to do. We're very fortunate to have you know, a large community who gives us you know constant feedback on on things that we can improve in the classroom experience or um, the teaching experience. One big strand of new work, apart from kind of in, continuously improving our core products, is we're starting to work with organisations. Um, uh, especially and most urgently, you know, camp providers who, you know, have, are not able to operate normally this summer and have always had the idea that they would want to have some kind of online offering and now have had to accelerate that. Mm -hmm. And so um, as well as supporting individual teachers, we're supporting uh, those organizations um, in the product. 
Another area that we are investing in is learner community. We've had so many requests that kids make friends in class, but there's no easy way to kind of stay in touch outside of class and keep on developing that interest with, with the group. So, you know, uh, we need to have the virtual equivalent of, you know, cohorts and, and friend groups that form. Um, and so we're, we're very focused on new learner community features. For the um, subjects and, and the teachers, you know, we think about feedback loops, like every week we email all of our teachers topic requests. So parents and kids will type in in plain text what they would like to see on OutSchool. And they're way more creative than anything we would come up with if we were trying to design a curriculum. And we blast those out to thousands of teachers every week and they come back with new classes that, they, that can satisfy those needs. So that's the way we keep the creativity in the marketplace and keep you know, generating new ideas for, for content. Um, so yeah, those are just some of the things that uh, that uh, we're working on, and, and we see coming up next. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Amir. We'd love to hear your responses to some of our lightning response questions. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> okay. All right. So the I'm nervous, but I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> The purpose of these questions is just to give our listeners and ourselves some more resources to uh, dig a little deeper into some of the ideas that you've shared today and some of your own learnings. So first question, who is one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about online learning? So I'm going to cheat a little um, and uh, give, a, give a name of an expert who isn't entirely focused on online, but is very focused on uh, philosophy of learning. And that is Peter Gray. Um, who writes for Psychology Today and is an advocate of self-directed education. So um, he's a thought leader in democratic schooling and the unschooling movement. And I think his um, writing and his research into how kids learn and how um, you know, if you, you give them autonomy and let them follow interests, that, that uh, can, can result in, in great education is really, really powerful has influenced me a lot. So I think um, his thinking about education in general has a lot of applicability in online learning. All right. And how about if there is one book you would recommend to our listeners, what book might that be? Um, it's a bit of a technical book, but uh, it would be Thinking in Systems uh, by Donella Meadows. Um, uh, people coming from a kind of engineering background, I think, will, will love this. But it's it's written in a, in a in a way that's accessible to everyone, and just highlights the complexity of systems and how um, counterintuitive uh, changes um, uh, can uh, can have have great effects. And sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's very difficult to to know know what uh, um, what small changes um, uh, will do to a complex system. So I think mm -hmm. that's very applicable to the education system. All right. And last question, what online site or resource do you learn from regularly? Again, I'm revealing my engineering background. I will call out the Hacker News Forum. Um, it's not scary. Uh, they mean hacker <laughs> in a kind of positive way, not in, not in a kind of you know, a bad computer hacker way. They, it's, a, it's a new site where a lot of entrepreneurs and technologists um, share articles and is... Um, focused on you know, people trying to change complex systems um, using the word hack to hack the system, but in a, in a positive way. So I'd recommend people check that out. All right, thank you so much for those suggestions. And Amir, you did mention earlier what's next. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add? 
Um, you know, I think the the other thing I'd add is that you know, with all the changes in the world happening right now, you know, we're accepting in out school that it's very hard to predict what's next. And so, while we have these initiatives, I think you know we are focused on being responsive and instead setting ourselves up to kind of listen, observe what the needs are, um, rather than being too prescriptive and you know thinking that we can plan it all out. Um, and honestly, I think that philosophy is a, a good one to think about when it comes to kids learning, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, being a little bit less prescriptive and in a, in a, a world of fast change, I think it's, um, it's important to, to be responsive rather than, um, too structured. So that's the only mm-hmm. thing I'd add in terms of how we're thinking about what's next. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Amir. To learn more about Amir's work, you can visit the website linked in the show notes for OutSchool. In each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, how might online learning support your beliefs about powerful learning? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season six, episode 41. That's all for this episode and for season six. Thanks for joining us and thanks again, Amir. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you both. Bye-bye. Bye. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.